We will begin on Lesson 5, page 21. And if you have a Bible memory verse you want to share with us, Joyce, go ahead. Amen. All right. Anybody else for the Bible memory verse this morning? Janie. Good, good. All right. Anyone else? Bible memory. Stacy. Amen. All right. Someone. All right. Yes. Amen. Every local church should have that as a goal, to dwell together in unity. And in every family, brethren don't always get along, but the Lord, the father of the family, hopefully straightens it out and they get along. And I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving because all of our family will be together and, and that'll be exciting. How beautiful and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. All right, someone else, anybody? David. Turn it back. Good. I was turned right there when you said that. Great. Good. All right. Well, uh, David, why don't you hand out the, the goodies today? There's quite a few that earned one, except for Delmer. I know he didn't. Don't give one to him. Or John. Don't let him fool you. All right. Well, we are going to be in Hebrews 11, as we've always been, but we're going to be in Genesis as well. So Hebrews 11 is our theme chapter as we look at faith because Hebrews 11 is just all about faith. And, uh, and so we, we pick up there. And this is interesting. And um, we, we've, we just went over Abraham. Abraham started in verse 8, and we didn't get done talking about Abraham till verse 19. I mean, that's half my page of my Bible, all right? <clears throat> half of my Bible page was Abraham. The next person is his son Isaac. Thank you. And by faith in verse 20, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Boop, that's it. How do we go from half a page for Abraham to one little statement about Isaac? And, and it's not that. It's not just Isaac. That We're going to see some others. It's kind of that way too where there's not much detail. Now, I'm so thankful we have the entire Bible collated together uh, because in the early days without printing press and without, um, you know, technology, they only had maybe a portion of scripture. And so if all you had was Hebrews and you didn't have the Old Testament, you would just read by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And that's all you'd get. But I'm thankful we got the Old Testament. We got it all. We can go back and say, all right, well, what is the background here? 
And like we did with Abraham, we can go back and we can see details. And details give us some clues. And when you read Isaac's life, to be honest with you, it's a little bit blah, blah. It's a little bit, I mean, there's just a few moments of, of uniqueness and greatness. One is, we talked about last week, when his father takes him up on the mountain and offers him as a sacrifice and he doesn't run away. I mean, his dad's an old man and he doesn't resist. That's, that's an impressive thing. Um, another one would be when, when it was time for Abraham or for Isaac to get married, Abraham sent his servant to go look for a bride for Isaac. And again, just like Isaac was a picture of Jesus on the altar, Isaac was a picture of Jesus in the bride being sought after for the groom. And, and, and the servant is a picture of you and I. We're looking for people to be a part of the bride of Christ, uh, to bring people to Jesus. And, uh, and so as soul winners, we are to be winning more people to be the bride of Christ. And so, again, Isaac is pictured those two times as Christ. But, you know, Isaac, he had some, he had some flaws. Uh, he, he was a lot more passive than, than I would have liked. Uh, he, he, uh, he, he, you know, he'd dig a well and they'd, they'd come along and steal it from him and he wouldn't fight back. He'd just go find another well. And uh, that's, a, that's not a bad quality, but he wasn't very exciting. And uh, he also was a bold-faced liar. Uh, he learned it from his dad. Abraham told a half lie, and Isaac told a full-blown lie. He said, what are you talking about? Well, remember Abraham, uh, he said, you know, Sarah's beautiful, and they might kill me and want to take her. So he said, tell, just tell them you're my sister. Well, that was kind of a half-truth because they did have the same father, I think it was, but the different mothers. And so it was a half-life for for abraham uh to say that sarah was a sister and obviously if he says he's you know she's my sister but leaves out the part that she's my wife that's you know dishonest well isaac full-blown you know and, and and that's a lesson for us too because dad and mom usually what we do our children will do will, will repeat us anybody besides me horrified at your kids being just like you um and and so isaac did the same thing only it was it was a full-blown lie because you know his wife uh rebecca was not you know, any close kin, you know, maybe a cousin distance long removed, but not at all a sister. And, and so he lied and uh, almost got himself in the same situation as his dad. Uh, but we're, we're going to see some things about Isaac and Rebecca. And, and obviously they did not have the greatest of marriages. And uh, what they did as parents was not a good thing. But I'm thankful for the Old Testament because we can get from the Old Testament how important verse 20 is. Because honestly, on the surface, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Doesn't really give us a whole lot. But when you understand the background, you're like, okay, now I see how, in, how, how faithful that verse really is, okay? So let's look at page 21 in our lesson 5, page 21, 22. After two full paragraphs are given to Abraham in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we find in comparison uh, just a brief mention of Isaac. Yet the Lord Jesus declares himself to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 20 of Hebrews 11 says, By faith Abraham, or excuse me, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. God calls our attention to something near the end of Isaac's life. He points us back to a single incident. And from that incident, he wants us to gather truths that will help us to turn our eyes Godward and that will strengthen our faith in the Lord. Remember the expression found in the end of verse 20, concerning things to come. In other words, the incident to which God calls our attention points us to things to come. May the Lord reveal these special truths 
to us. And I hope you get what I got out of this as we looked at these three points today. Page 22, the place God should hold in our hearts. There seem to be a few things in Isaac's life that reach out for our attention. We read of Isaac's sons, and I think your, your book probably says Genesis 36, 19 through 28, or does it say 25? Okay, so does it say 26? It should be 25, all right? I'm pretty sure that that's a typo, whatever it is. Whatever. I scribbled it out so I couldn't see what it was before. But it should be Genesis 25, all right? And uh, when you read Genesis 25, I think uh, it, 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 it's the right passage. So let's look at it. Genesis 25, 19 through 28. These are the generations of Isaac, uh, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old. He took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, Syrian of Padamram, the sister of Laban the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived, and the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord, what's going on inside of me? These two babies are wrestling. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separate, uh, separate from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red all over like an hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare him. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, <clears throat> a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pot. Well, we'll just stop there. Isaac and Rebekah did something wrong. They had favorites. Now, Rebekah knew that God had said that, that Jacob would actually be stronger and, and would be the leader over Esau. And I think Isaac, of course, knew it too, but Isaac didn't want to believe it. For one thing, of the two boys, <clears throat> the eldest is usually the one that you, you, look, you look to, you know, your, your, your firstborn son, you know. And, uh, and, and on top of that, Esau was the man. I mean, he went out and he hunted, you know, and he did the, the Grizzly Adams thing. I mean, he was, you know, he was Daniel Boone. And then, and then he got Jacob. And Jacob's in the house and he's taking care of things in the house and being a really good mommy's boy. And, ah, you know, I mean, what dad likes that? And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a little imagination here, obviously. But obviously, Isaac loved Esau, and Rebekah loved Jacob. Not a good thing. Uh, I don't care if there is one child that's personality is more your liking versus the other one. That is a terrible thing to do. Terrible. And it doesn't matter if it's your own kin or if it's just children in general. Don't do that. Don't give them the impression that you don't like them as much as you like another one. That's terrible. It's not a good thing bad idea and um, God revealed that it was Jacob and the sons of Jacob who he would bless uh, and and that was the lineage that he was going to bless uh, and through that line would come Christ and and so it's the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob not Esau um, and so what we find then in chapter 27 and I'm going to read chapter 27 quickly I'm going to stop and pause in the middle of it 
But I think it's important that we read this chapter together. And it came to pass, verse 1, chapter 27, that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old, and I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison, and make me savory meat, which such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may may bless thee before I die. And so Isaac thinks he's going to die. He wants to make sure he blesses Esau with the, with the blessing and the birthright and all that. Now, we skipped over some stuff, but Esau and Jacob just did, did make a deal, and Jacob basically kind of took advantage of Esau's stupidity and Esau's you know, lack of discernment, not very smart guy, and tricked him out of his birthright uh, and by selling him some food one time, and that we can read that in chapter 25, 26. But um, we keep going here in verse 5. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, what he just said. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto, thy, unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord, before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man and, and I'm a smooth man. My father peradventure will feel me and I shall seem to him as a deceiver. Um, yeah, you will seem like a deceiver because you are. And I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. Well, this is sad. Now you got mom going against dad, sneaking around behind and telling one son to trick uh, the other one out of a blessing and, uh, and to trick father. And to teach your son deception. This is not a good thing. All right, This is a bad deal. This isn't right. This isn't how marriage should be. This isn't how family should be. All right, uh, No secrets between dad and mom. That's wrong. And um, <clears throat> what, a, what a bad testimony. What a bad thought here. Teaching an example. Verse 14. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau. Which were with her in the house. And put them upon Jacob her younger son. <clears throat> and she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands. And upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread. Which she had prepared unto the hand of her son Jacob. And he came unto his father and said my father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. Lie. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my medicine, that I, my soul may, thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Oh, not as a liar, but now he's using God, God's name in vain. That's, that's really what it means when thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. It's not just swearing. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. His mom was smart enough to know that Isaac would probably want to feel him. And Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is, the, is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. So they tricked him with the fuzzy skins they put on his 
body. And he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. And he said, art thou my very son Esau? He said, I am a lie again. It's terrible. You know, God wanted Isaac or, to bless Jacob, but they didn't have to do it this way. And, and by the way, as you know the story probably, did Jacob get, you reap what you sow when it comes to being tricked and deceived? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He found out that, you know, you, he found out what birthrights meant because uh, he ended up marrying two sisters. He wanted to marry the younger sister and he ended up with the older one first. That's another story. <clears throat> and so it says, uh, verse 25, and he said, bring it near to me and I will eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him and he did eat and he brought him wine and he drank and his father and Isaac said to him, come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, see the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Again, he was fooled by the clothing. Therefore, God, give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. And it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father that Esau his brother came in from his hunting and he also had made savory meat and brought it unto his father and said unto his father let my father arise and eat of his son's venison that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac his father said unto him who art thou? Who and he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? He knew he'd been fooled. Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten of all that before thou camest and have blessed him. Yea, and he shall be blessed. And when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. And he said, Thy brother came in with subtly and hath taken away thy blessing and he said is not he named rightly named Jacob for he has supplanted me that's what the word means supplanted me these two times he took away my birthright and behold now he hath taken away my blessing and he said hast thou not reserved a blessing for me and Isaac answered and said unto Esau behold I have made him thy Lord and all his brethren have I given to him for servants and with corn and wine have I sustained him and what shall I do now unto thee my son and Esau said unto his father hast thou but one blessing my father bless me even me also O my father and Esau lifted up his voice and wept and Isaac his father answered and said unto him behold thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven and from, from above and by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother and it shall come to pass when thou shalt have dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. So he gave him what blessing he could but it all really went to Jacob. Verse 41, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him and Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning of my father are at hand then will I slay my brother Jacob. After dad dies, I'm going to kill him. These words of Esau, her elder son, were told to <clears throat> Rebekah, and she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau is touching thee, hath comfort, uh, doth comfort himself, pur pur purposing to kill thee. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, and arise, flee to Laban, my brother, to Haran, and tarry with him a few days, until thy brother's fury turn away, until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done 
to him. Then I will send and fetch thee from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughters of Heth, such as these which are the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? And so <clears throat> she talked her husband into letting Jacob go to visit Haran, where her family lived. You'll just be there a few days. Of course, he was there for 20 years. And Rebecca never saw him again. When he finally got home, she was dead. This was wrong on her part. Horrible for a mother to do to, for, to one son versus the other son. What a t sad story it is. And of course, a lot of it is to blame on Isaac. I think a lot of it is to blame on Isaac because he obviously played favorites. And he obviously resisted what God's will was, okay? <clears throat> so, the place God should hold in our hearts. In Genesis 27, we find the account of Jacob's deception to steal a blessing from his father. After Isaac knew that he had been tricked in verses 33 and 34, he says, I blessed him, and yea, and he shall be blessed. I can't reverse it. It's, it is now what it is. God wants us to remember this one thing, that when this man came near the end of his life he recognized that God should have his rightful place in his heart when he realized he had been deceived he said I blessed him yes and he shall be blessed in other words he stayed with what he knew was true and he allowed God to have his way we just sang it let the Lord have his way yeah but they lied and deceived oh I know the way it turned out was very raunchy and they will reap what they've sown However, in the big picture, God still gets his, his way. And there are times when people do things to us or allow things, you know, things happen in our life. We got to remember, God allowed it for a bigger picture. It's a, it's a quote on, I've got it sticky noted onto my, my desk there. I don't have it memorized, but it goes something like this. Live so close to the Lord that you're no longer upset when things don't go your way. No doubt it broke Isaac's heart that his wife and his son had lied to him and deceived him and tricked him. But the point today is that in all of this, Isaac realized this is God's will. And I'm the blame for a lot of it because I'm the one that's been fighting it this whole time. We see the partiality in the family. The family was divided, obviously. The father favored Esau, who was a profane man. See, Isaac was blind to the obvious. Isaac wasn't willing to admit, as they were growing up, one young man showed much more discernment and much more uh, wisdom in some ways versus the other one that was just, he was just carnal. I mean, he was just, he was just earthly, you know? He was rugged, but he wasn't at all spiritual. He was, he was the father of all the Edomites, a profane and earthly people. The mother favored Jacob. We would think that Isaac would say, when giving the blessing, I'm going to favor the one I'm partial to. But Isaac knew that God said the younger was to rule. I have no doubt that Isaac was aware of, the, of what God had said. And he realized, that even though it was an odd situation, he needed to yield to God's will. When you have partiality like they had in their home, how do you deal with it? When you have 
dysfunction and, and not the way it should have been. This is not the ideal situation. <clears throat> How do you deal with it? What's God's will? What does God want all this? We haven't been doing it God's way, <clears throat> but what is God's way? What do we do now? The only way that you can overcome this is by faith in God. All of us are guilty of prejudice and partiality. All of us have these imbalances in our affections. How do we deal with this? It can only be overcome the right way by faith in God. When I was a baby, my father put a football on my chest. You know, I never got to play organized football my entire life. Because by the time I was old enough to be interested in that, and I like football, still like football, my dad's heart and mind was changed in a different direction. And I ended up in a Christian school, and they didn't have a football team. And even when I was in Rapid City, I said, hey, there's this Rapid City Christian school that's getting started. They got a football team. I said, I'm not sure I want you being around those kind of Christians. And so I never got to play football. And um, I've been ever scarred ever since. You know, my life's not quite right. I walk unbalanced, and I just, I'm, just, I'm just not normal. Actually, I can live without it. I love it. I enjoy football. But um, I am thankful that my God, my, my God did, helped to, to steer my father's uh, attitude and determination away from one thing to something else. And um, we need to see that's what's going on here. And that's what this whole lesson's about. This is about a father who hadn't been thinking right. This is about a man who hadn't been really in tune with God's will for him or his family. And whether he was in tune or not, God's still going to get his way. Does God not get his way? God gets his way. And this father had to recognize, I have been fighting God. And instead of being worried about my son Esau's spiritual condition, I have been praising and patting on the back his earthly condition. And I mean Esau. John Wayne, tough, rugged, you know, but not at all spiritual, not at all godly. Why? Because Isaac didn't care about that. He just promoted, and he, maybe he was even fighting the fact that he knew the other son was was God's choice, and he knew the other son was more spiritual minded, and he just, so instead of recognizing the flaws, he emphasized the parts that Esau was good at. Wow, man, you are good. Wow, shoo, you can hit a bullseye. Wow. And he just praise him, praise him, praise him. Instead of this smooth little wimpy kid, who's just in the house all the time. And so really, as much as I feel sorry for Isaac, I really think he kind of reaped what he sowed. But in the end, he realized, because he was a, he was a fear, fear of God, I think he sat there trembling, almost blind, knowing he'd just been fooled and deceived, but realizing God gets his way. And I've done nothing but waste all this time and energy. And it hasn't done Esau any good, let alone the rest of us. Maybe Isaac, before this whole incident started, look at, look at chapter 26. Right before chapter 20, remember we just read the whole chapter 27? Look at chapter 26. 
in verse 34. And Esau was 40 years old when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, and Bashamath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. Last verse of verse 35, just before 27 starts. Which were a grief of mind unto Isaac and to Rebekah. Maybe even before the deception took place, maybe Isaac started to question, what have I done? I have raised this macho dude who's great at all the things that are rugged, but he has no discernment. And he just went and married two Hittite girls that have no, that are not going to help him at all spiritually. Now, I do think, humanly speaking, that Isaac could have put us, could have said, I am not going to allow this boy to have the, in fact, this boy lied to me, his mother lied to me, I'm going to have them both stoned to death. And that, that way it will guarantee Esau will have the blessing and the birthright. And I think Isaac could have possibly tried that. But I think in his heart he already knew. God's not having this. God is not interested in Esau for this purpose. He's not interested in Esau being the one because Esau shows zero discernment and zero zero spiritual decision making. In fact, Esau was so goofy that after Rebekah talked to Isaac and said, we should send Jacob up to where my family lives so he can find a wife. When Esau saw that, he thought, oh, I don't like my two wives. I go better go marry a couple more. And I'll try to find something a little closer to home. And so he did. And it was like, this is not the answer, Esau. Esau just was pretty dense. He, he, he was not spiritually minded at this point. So the last point is the purpose of God in the world. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. Someone quoted it this morning already. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, no matter what you planned, no matter what your goal is, no matter what your hopes and dreams are, the counsel of the Lord, that is what's going to stand. So you know what I learned a long time ago? If I want to be a winner, if I want to be a winner, I should not become an absolute diehard Colorado Rockies fan because I probably will never be a winner. If I want to be a winner, if I want to be a winner, I should not chase after money because I know it doesn't make people happy. I know it doesn't. If I want to be successful, if I want to be a winner, then I should not desire just the most beautiful of all people to be my mate. Because beauty is very fleeting and it doesn't satisfy. You see, I mean, people that are married, the most beautiful people in the world, and they still have flings and adultery. It, it doesn't satisfy. If I want to be finally happy and successful and I'll feel great about myself. You know, what, you know what I figured out a long time ago? If I want to be a winner, I need to join up with God. He always wins. God always wins. The Republican Party is not the answer. The Denver Broncos are probably going to lose again today. The, the, the answer is not in some other thing or dream or person. No, it's God. And you can fight God all you want, but he will win anyway. And in the end, what I believe 
is we see a broken down, humbled Isaac who finally says, I sure wasted a whole bunch of time not, not raising these two boys right. But now I see what God's will is and I know it and I can't fight it anymore. And that's why our memory verse and the theme verse says, by faith, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. And this time the younger boy is mentioned first. Concerning things to come. When Isaac died, he was perfectly content with the way it happened. Not with what he had done, but he was perfectly content that Jacob was to be the one because that was God's will. Oh, he still loved Esau. No doubt he loved Esau and probably pitied him. No doubt he was still disappointed with his wife and, and Jacob for what they had done, but he understood the purpose of God. This is huge. This is huge. It's only one verse in Hebrews 11, but it's huge because it requires faith to do this. It requires faith to step back and to stop trying to push your agenda. And we all do it, especially us guys. I mean, we got dreams and plans. And ladies too, but we got dreams and plans and we got what we want and we're gonna, and all you're doing is fighting God. Give in. He's gonna win anyway. You might as well let him have it. Give in to him. It'll never work your way. And I watch families that, that they, they don't want their children to, uh, they're afraid their children are going to be missionaries and go halfway around the world. Can I tell you something? My kids halfway around the world serving God in God's perfect will is so much more happy than them living across the street and living like the devil. I hope you know that's true. You think it's not true. You'll find out wrong. You'll find out too, and it's too late. And, 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 oh, by the way, it's not like God's up in heaven going, hey, I want to take your children away from you. <laughs> no, delight thyself also in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And, and I have to be careful. I mean, I can make plans and I can dream, and I, but I, I, as a pastor, I have to step back and I have to say, what is God doing with our church? What is God doing in the future, the future leader of the church? I kind of feel like I am supposed to have some kind of role in who the next leader is supposed to be. And yet that can't have any personal agenda attached to it. In other words, a furs. It has to be ultimately God's will. Otherwise, I'll be the unhappy one and God will still get what he wants done. And I think Isaac came to grips with this in the closing days of his life. I think he finally understood it. And he finally accepted it. And I do think, if you keep reading in Genesis, that even Esau came to understand it. And I think even Esau realized, and Esau calmed down greatly and behaved himself much more wisely. But... The ideas of men rise and fall, they come and go, but God's counsel will stand. And, and, and so, yeah, I mean, do I have personal preferences? Absolutely. Would I like things to be different in this world? Absolutely. In this country right now? Absolutely. But here's the good news. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. And there is a better country. And there is a better everything. 
And no matter if my favorite team wins or loses, the, the win is so fleeting. If, 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 if I succeed in, in finances, the, the success and the goal accomplished is so fleeting. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really satisfy. What was Isaac hoping to gain from making Esau number one? So as we read here in the book, God chose a man, Abraham. To him, God made the promise that he would send the Savior and all the nations of the earth would be blessed. That man had a son named Isaac, and Isaac had sons named Jacob and Esau. One of those sons was the chosen one, and it happened to be Jacob. There was deceit that took place in this blessing, but finally Isaac realized that this was God's purpose. God's cause is marching on. So really, honestly, what you need to do is get out of the way of God. Um, A lot of parents, and maybe mothers more than fathers, don't want God to give their child a big spanking. Well, if you didn't do a good job in disciplining and spanking, sometimes that's going to have to happen. And, And you know, when the prodigal son left home, one thing I'll say, kudos to dad for not chasing the prodigal son everywhere he went and pulling out the credit card every time the prodigal son got into another jam. No, the prodigal son got all the way into a pig pen eating pig's food. Now, did dad love him? He, but he stood on the porch and waited. He didn't go chasing after wayward son. Can I ask you, can you trust God with your kids when you know you've, you've spoiled them, you didn't? And let God deal with it now. Quit doing the same thing over and over again. Let God, ha- he's going to have to. And let him, let him be God. And don't make a soft landing. Don't make a soft landing. See, if all you do, otherwise you're just enabling. You're just enabling this to keep going. You got to step back and realize, okay, I messed up. Just like Isaac, I have messed up. And I've done wrong. And now I need to step back and let God handle it. I mean, I've got one boy that's, that's in a sense, is the one God wants to use. But now he's lying because his mother taught him to lie. And, oh, this is a mess. Family reunions were not great for this family. Isaac realized that this was God's purpose. What I see is I see adult children who are not serving the Lord and I see parents chasing after these adult children and trying to compromise with them. It will never work. Stop making concessions. Get out of the way and let God be God. David quoted the verses, so let's look at them. Isaiah 14. David quoted these earlier. Let's let's read what it says. Isaiah 14, verse 26 and 27. This is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations. For the Lord of hosts hath purposed. And who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out. And who shall turn it back? This is God's will. This is this is what God wants. So let him do it. And that's why Hebrews eleven twenty says, 
by faith, Isaac blessed both of them concerning things to come. By faith, Isaac just recognized God's in charge and God's way is better than my way and I wish I'd have learned that earlier. I wish I'd have just submitted to it earlier. Isaac came to find out that God had a purpose and God's purpose was going to be accomplished in this world. So the best thing you and I can do is submit or yield to his way concerning things to come. And we can apply that to our country. There was supposed to be a red wave this week. Someone said it was kind of like a red drip. Whatever it was, all I know is God is not disappointed. God's not disappointed. God is not disappointed. You say, oh, but God's not for this. Oh, God's not for lying and all that stuff that happened in this family. But ultimately what's going on is still God's perfect will. Ultimately what's going on is God's perfect will. And we got to understand that sometimes we're just trying to fight against God because we want, and we're not recognizing the purpose of all this. And we're not being honest to admit that our Esau is really pretty lousy. Our Esau, our red man, oh boy, there's a connection. Our red man is not spiritual. And we're not recognizing it. Now, there are good qualities that the red man has, but he's not spiritual. So we need to understand that God's got a purpose. And it's moving forward, whether we like it or not. Who can turn it back? Nobody can turn it back. And you say, Pastor, it's, it's going to be awful. Pretty soon there won't be an America. I'm not worried about that. You know why? I'm a Christian more than I'm an American. I have bad news for you. This world's going global. And the only reason why I'm not freaking out is because the last book in the Bible tells me it's supposed to go global. I don't want to see it in my lifetime. I really don't. But it's okay. Because God's will will be done. And in all these things, whether it's our children, our nation, our personal finances, whatever it might be, let's just let God be in charge. Just follow him and work for him. Because if I work for the Republican Party, I'm going to go nuts. If I work for anything, if I work, uh, but if I work for him, I will never lose. They might take away this property. They might take away a lot of stuff. But I can't lose because I'm working for him. I can't lose. I'm not talking defeated. I'm just recognizing when my wills get in the way of his will. That's what we got to understand. I'm currently as a, as a father trying to understand what God's will is for my boys. And my biggest concern is, is that I don't try to make something happen. It's just God's will. And what's cool is, he is doing things. And I'm like, I'm so confident and so at peace with it all because I know it's been hands off for me. Not any try to manipulation or anything like that. It's just been hand, and that's a blessing. Let's, let's practice this lesson that Isaac had to learn the hard way. And let's learn to just have faith. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to have faith in you Help us to be submissive and yielded to you. <clears throat> or our country is <clears throat> in trouble, but probably the only way we can see our country really broken and turn to you is for it to be broken. And so help us to be submissive to you in that way. We know that you took care of Israel even when Israel was broken. Help us to be submissive to you in that way. And then personally in our families. 
help parents and grandparents to realize that we need to do hands off and let you have complete control and let you be God and that we just trust you. Thank you for this short verse in Hebrews that tells us a lot when we think about it and help us to, by faith, trust the future in your hands. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.